Hi, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. Hello, I'm so excited to have you on the show, Todd. You doing okay today? Yes, I'm doing great, Stephanie. It's great to be with you. And I've uh, looked forward to this since I knew it got on the calendar a couple of weeks ago. I'm looking forward to our time together. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and when I was thinking about all the different things we can cover, I just knew instantly that this is going to be a very fun conversation. And I want to get right to it. But before we do, for those who have not um, heard of you or had the pleasure to meet you yet, can you share just a little bit about your story and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, if I can give you the the fast forward version, I was actually going to be a doctor and uh, I was in my third year of <clears throat> pre-med and my dad, um, my dad who was paying for my education was also a doctor and uh, my GPA was very, very uh, non-supportive of his willingness to pay for my education. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I yeah. think at the end of my second year, I had a 1.3 GPA. I was on the ski team. I was playing hard as a skier and I raced competitively for uh, Colorado State University. And, um, and my dad had one of those driveway conversations with me, which was absolutely freeing and it changed my life. He said, you know, you don't have to be a doctor. And it was probably the first time I really learned that, that you know, you want to always professionally be in your sweet spot. You know, what do you really love? What are you really good at? What are your natural gifts? And my dad said, you're a gifted business professional. You know, you're a great salesperson. You should get a business degree. And, and so I came home from Colorado because he would only pay for Cal State Fullerton and uh, made a joke that SC and Stanford were the top business schools, but he wasn't going to pay for those. Anyway, I graduated with honors and didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, my little league coach happened to own, you know, now what, 17 years later, 16 years later, as I graduated, um, he owned one of the large real estate companies on the West Coast. And I think he had about 4,500 licensed agents in Oregon, Washington, California. And um, I got into the mortgage business without a plan of attack. I didn't even really think that I wanted to be in mortgage. Um, But as I began to look at it, and I, I began to look at my social skills and look at my communication skills and uh, the fact that I enjoyed people a lot, it 
seemed to really resonate. And kind of the quote bonus was that I would be able to make calls on the real estate agents that worked for his brand, which was Tarbell Realty. And so Don Tarbell got me into the mortgage business. Uh, I went to work for the mortgage company that the real estate company owned. And I had 26 offices that I had to call on and I failed miserably. It was like, here's your phone. Here's your desk. Here's your phone. Good luck, Todd. You're on your own. I had no training whatsoever. And I was just told to walk into real estate offices and drop off you know, product sheets and rate sheets and things like that. And it got very old very quickly. And uh, probably two weeks in, I went to the beach. It just seemed like a good idea instead of <laughs> calling on realtors. And I started thinking, you know, what should I do right now? Because this is obviously not working. And um, I called a friend of mine whose father owned a different real estate company. It was a Century 21 franchise. And I said, can I just come by uh, your dad's office this afternoon and watch what happens? And he said, sure. So I got there at one o'clock and between one and four, I counted 21 title reps and lenders that walk through the front door. And at the very end of the day, this guy walks in, he's my height, I'm 6'5". He walks in with his gorgeous suit on, a leather folio. And he says to the receptionist, he said, my name is John Barnes and I have an appointment with Paula Richardson. I didn't know that Paula was number one in the country for Remax. And I did not know that John was 34 years old and that year funded 440 loans. But I watched him emerge from that meeting and he stuck his hand out to shake Paula's hand. He said, I look forward to a long and mutually profitable relationship. It was like, I'm scratching my head. I've probably called on a thousand realtors. I, I never used the word relationship once. And, um, and so I called him the next day and I said, I was at the Century 21 office. I watched you come in and uh, disappear with Paula. You know, you were with her for 45 minutes. I need to know what you did for 45 minutes because I've never experienced that. I've only been in lending three weeks. And, and he said, you know, I had somebody when I was three weeks into the business that, that kind of made the same recommendation to me. And, and sure, I'd love to help you. And I think that's an, uh, it's a, it's a give back thing that happens to people. You know, when you get mentored, you feel that you want to mentor others because mm -hmm. it made a difference in your life. And so why not go make a difference in somebody else's life? And so what happened in our first meeting, so I am three weeks, 21 days into the business. He said, before we get started, you've got to make a decision. And I said, what's a decision? And he said, you need to choose between transactions and relationships. And I said, I'm not sure I understand. Aren't they combined? And he said, they're really not. And Stephanie, this is what changed my life forever. He said, transactions will make you a living, but relationships will make you a fortune. Incredible. I started realizing right then and there that the, the real estate lending business was a business on relationships. And if you could figure the relationship piece out, you wouldn't ever have to worry about transaction flow, lead flow, or any of that. And so he, he said, that's what you got to focus on. I said, it seems to me like I want to focus on relationships. And he goes, that's what I would recommend. And, uh, and he said, then the other thing you have to decide is, are you prepared to gain as much knowledge as quickly as possible about the clients that you serve, namely realtors? And I said, what does that mean? And he said, you got to know what your clients do for a living. And I said, great, they sell homes. No, he says, you need to know what they do for a living and how they do it. And so I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, I want you to get your broker's license. I want you to be able to talk to a realtor as a real estate broker. And I want you to become the best financial advisor you can specializing in mortgages so you can add a ton of value to buyers and sellers. And I said, okay, sign me up. I went to a two-week program. Um, I, got my, uh, I got my training set up. Four months later, I had my real estate broker's license and it changed everything. And in 12 years, 
my agents, I had 13 key agents. My agents and I were able to help 6,000 people buy and sell real estate in 12 years. So about 550 transactions a year. And towards the last two or three years, my company said, would you start doing trainings for the new LOs that we hired? And then the brokers in the marketplace said, would you start doing trainings for our realtors on how to sell? And so I started doing that for two years. And by the, the time two years kind of ended, it was like, okay, my dad graduated with a degree in accounting and became a doctor. Um, I graduated with a degree in business, marketing, and finance. Maybe I'm supposed to be a speaker. So when I was 34 years old, I made a decision to sell my mortgage practice to my team and then venture out doing what I do today. And now we have five and a half million clients around the globe, and I've got 17 books out, thankfully two New York Times bestsellers, this bad boy being one of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now we help millions of agents and lenders and borrowers get financing the right way, sell real estate the right way, build clients for life, build extended pipelines, you know, cheapen lead flow, um, make the referral business more profitable, work less hours, make more money, be more of an authority and an advisor. It's just, it's like I scratch myself. I really get to do this for a living. So here we are. (laughs) Exceptional. So let's start with high trust selling. And that's a concept that you've pioneered. Can you just give us a little bit of a look into it and how we see that in the works today? Yeah. Well, I think that anybody watching this, uh, listening, you know, observing would understand um, it's pretty straightforward. If people don't trust you, they're not going to engage with you. They're not going to buy from you. And so it seems that at surface, fairly simple, right? Trust matters. But what we don't know is we don't know really how to create it by design. And so it's not a sales strategy, if you will. It's a way of being. And the 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 thing that 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 makes trust such a powerful word is it has to happen and the higher it is the faster the yes and the longer the relationship as long as you stay focused on that and if i can have a a high trust relationship versus a no low or medium the higher the trust goes the less tension there is in anybody's mind, a seller, a buyer, a borrower to do business with you. And so trust and tension compete against each other all the time. And so if we if we really want less tension, if we want high referability, if we want high convertibility, that's no to yes, and high loyalty, then we have to practice high trust. And one of the things that we, we talk about is what are the laws then that govern a high trust business practice? And so when I began the, the training company when I was 34, I, um, I, I, t- I took a lot of what I had learned from my mentor and a lot of what I experienced with my team. And I said, we're going to build a model that requires trust to be the essence of the selling process. And in that first kind of description, it was like, does it really need to be even a selling process? And so most people identify with selling as, you know, in com- the commission world, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do something. I've got to, you know, sell an idea. I've got to sell uh, a listing contract. I got to sell, you know, a home showing. I got to sell that to a purchase contract. I've got to, 
But at the end of the day, we really don't sell. We guide and we help. Mm -hmm. And to be a market authority, which I love the title of your podcast, we need to be a top advisor. And to be a top advisor, people have to trust us and listen to us. And so when you get to be an advisor, then price as a focal point in a transaction is softened. You still need to be competitive. We still, especially in multiple offer situations, we need to be competitive. But people will pay more for trust. And they'll pay less for less trust. So the lower the trust, the less they'll pay and the harder they'll negotiate. So you can do both, right? Like mm -hmm. my mentor said, you can make a living pursuing transactions or you can make a fortune pursuing relationships. And so um, if you want to have loyalty, you focus on trust. And what trust does is it creates the super glue of a relationship and it's the superpower of an agent or a lender to be able to create it by design. And the design is really interesting because the design is ask the questions you've never asked to learn the things you never learned so you can solve and provide solutions at a level that people expect and need, not what you think is the right thing to do or say, you know, and we got to take the spotlight off of ourselves and put it on the client. So we did a research project and I put a line in the sand and I said, I want to interview um, 100,000 people and I want the group to be divided in half. I want the, the top half of the group to be commissioned salespeople in real estate and lending that make more than a quarter of a million dollars a year. And I want the bottom uh, group to be people in real estate and lending that make less than a quarter of a million dollars a year. And I want a, a diagnostic and I want to see where these habits are formed. And so about a year later, we took about 47 different key kind of optics or metrics that agents and lenders get involved in all the time. And we said, if these were to be distilled down to a set of laws, you know, laws that must be followed. And if they are followed, then you have a positive consequence. And if you don't, then you have a negative consequence. What would be the number of laws? And so a year later, there were 14, 14 distinct different laws <clears throat> that govern business and life and not only getting the life you want, but but doing business in a way that's healthy, that's productive, that um, keeps an eye on balanced living, um, doesn't require you to work more. In fact, the subtitle of the book is how to make more money in less time with less stress. So we're all about um, time management and productivity. We're all about priority management. We're all about knowing your purpose and knowing your why. And I was one of the first guys ever to write a book on the value of know your why, right? And it was, uh, I think it was in 2000. And we were talking about, as soon as you know that you can change your business for the better. You know, when you really, really are clear on what's important to you, then you do things more intentionally and purposefully. And that leads to one of the key elements of the, the book is um, if we can, if we can benefit by that, then what would it be like if we knew what our seller's why was, if we really knew what our buyer's why was, like really, what is it about? Like what's important about success to you as a real estate agent? If I'm a lender, what's important about selling your home to you? What's most important about selling your home to you? What's the one thing beyond anything else that would be most important about selling your home to you? And you start to get into these kind of rhythmic conversations where it's not about getting the contract. It's yeah, not yeah. about pitching. It's about asking and listening at scale. And most people don't understand that because they talk too much and they sell too little. So we take the spotlight off of ourselves. We put it squarely on a, um, a questioning methodology mm -hmm. that is about the other person squarely. Um, 
the advice and authority doesn't come in until either A, at the front end where it's observed by a referral because somebody else says, you know, this person's the smartest real estate guy I've ever worked with. He's the best advisor. Or it comes at the end of that conversation because then the prospect goes, wow, this has been an amazing experience. And that's that's what high trust selling is. So it's broken into uh, the life piece, uh, the business planning piece, uh, the time planning piece, and then the client for life piece. And those four big blocks are the 14 laws. I love that. So the questioning process, that that conversation that you're having across the table that you mentioned, is that the high trust interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> it starts with a, you know, a high impact opening and you got to get people's attention. You got probably depending on who you want to listen to in terms of like Gallup or Huffington Mm -hmm. or Purdue or Harvard, you know, they've all got studies on psychological influence and you have somewhere between, I don't know, 15 seconds to maybe three minutes to really connect with the client. So what, what those first words are, are, are really, really important. And if your words are different and more unique than anything that they have ever thought about, it causes them to begin in their mind going, wow, uh, I thought this would be this kind of experience. I thought borrowing money to buy a home would be all, all about this and it could be so much more. And so you get their attention. That's the first thing you have to do. So what I would say to a borrower as a lending partner for an agent is I would say, you know, Mr. Jones, um, just wanted to reach out to you and congratulate you on using, you know, Debbie at Century 21 Real Estate. She's the best agent in town. I've done business with her for seven years. She does a brilliant job for all of her clients. And then I just kind of pause and there's this really kind of good feeling. And, and, and then I say, you know, one of the reasons why Debbie wanted you and I to speak was so that I could help you help make informed choices about your financing op- financing options when buying a home. Mm-hmm. So what I've just done there with that sentence is I've caused a need for my advice and authority, informed choices, financing options, right? Two big deals right there. And then I pause again. And then this is where I set the hook to really just have a beautiful conversation. So I would say, you know, a lot of people think I'm in the lending business or the home loan business. I don't really look at it that way. I don't really look at that way causes curiosity and it brings the client in. I don't really look at it that way. As a mortgage professional and a home loan strategist, I'm helping you create perhaps the largest debt of your life. And unlike most lenders, I feel I have a responsibility to help you proactively manage that debt. If this goes like I think it should go and you feel like it's gone the way you'd like it to go, I'm going to help you integrate your mortgage into your long and short-term financial plan, your investment plan, your tax payment, cash flow, and equity objectives. And by the time we're done, I'm going to offer you a solution to be your mortgage planner for the next 25 years as you buy and sell real estate. I want to help you create wealth as you do that. And as soon as I say that, it's like the eyes just go like wide open And my first question is, so before we get into anything, I'd like to know what's important about owning a home to you. What are you trying to achieve? And what are you trying to experience? And then I just let them talk. And, you know, you go from there and, you know, that might be a conversation that lasts five or seven minutes. And then we get into detail stuff because we already got the emotional connection. 
And then once I have the detailed stuff, I can begin to make some product recommendations, you know, what, what the best mortgage instrument is and how should we manage that and this, that, and the other thing. But it's all tied back to what's important about owning a home to you. When I sit down with an agent, I'd sit down and let's say it's Debbie, who was one of my top agents. And I, I would say, Debbie, thanks so much for your time. I know Karen. So Karen's, uh, Karen owns an escrow company. So I, I'm, I know that Karen wanted us to meet because she's really excited about what I potentially might be able to bring you as a real estate professional. But before we get started, I want you to know I don't see myself as a lender per se. I see myself as a success coach, a partner to my real estate agents. I want to help them succeed at scale. And the only way I can do that is if I know what's important about success to them. So before we get into anything, as a real estate professional, help me understand what's important about being successful to you. And that question, again, can fill up a seven to 10-minute dialogue. It can even go longer because when we start to get below the surface and we start to get that emotional kind of connection going, then what we end up doing is, is we watch trust flourish. If I can tie everything back in our conversation to something that you've told me is really important, then you're going to trust me. There was an episode three years ago on, on Million Dollar Listing New York, and it was Tyler Whitman and Ryan Serhan competing for a listing. Same, same listing. Um, they recommended the same price. Uh, Tyler was a little bit loosey-goosey and kind of letting the emotion kind of flow and just kind of letting the dialogue go. And everything being the same, same property, same price, you know, same location, same market, same everything, right? Um, they show Ryan asking a question. Here's the question he asked the seller. What are you passionate about? That was it. And by the time the seller described for him what he was passionate about, um, Ryan tied that all into a Picasso analogy, looking at a home as a canvas. This guy's artistic, mm -hmm. building it out, you know, which an artist would build a painting out. And then that artist would hope to sell that painting to somebody so that um, that person could enjoy what he had created. And so as a seller, husband and wife are sitting there and the analogy comes in to Picasso, he said, you've created a piece of art here. Let's sell this piece of art for the most you can get. And let's go find a new canvas, aka another home, for you to do it again, even better than you did here. And it was a, just a beautiful analogy of, of how one question can change everything. And I think people think that we got to ask a whole bunch of questions. You really don't. The fewer questions, actually, the better. And the fewer, in order for them to be better, have to be better questions. Otherwise, it just stays on the surface and it becomes kind of that mundane kind of robotical approach. And we tell people, man, the more questions you ask, the less likely you are to really get to the heart of things because it just stays here. It stays on the economics. It stays on the price. It stays on square footage, number of bedrooms. It stays on all that stuff. That's all important but it should not consume the conversation because then the conversations take too long. Yep. What we want to do is tighten it up and tighten it up, not through manipulation, tighten it up because we're going to help you focus on one thing. No matter what house we list, what house we buy, what house we finance, you got one thing that's important to you. There's a bunch of other stuff that feed into that one thing, but that's kind of the, the essence of it. And we have a we have two papers that your 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 tribe can download if they just go to toddduncan.com. One is called the High Trust Interview, and it's a, a guide on how to do this. Um, the other is a white paper, 16 pages long, called Talk Less, Sell More. And there's a case study in there about watching real estate agents and lenders go from a hundred words in a pitch to 80 words in a pitch, all the way down to 20 words 
in a question that leads to conversation. And the conversion rate from 80 words down to 20 words goes from 17% to 77%. So they can just hit toddduncan.com, download those two documents, and it explains everything. And it's just like I can ask you right now as a real estate professional, Stephanie, help me understand what's most important to you about real estate. We could go off for five to 10 minutes on that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about selling. It's about connecting and letting the sale take care of itself. It's it's true. And I will have those resources if you're listening to this and you want to explore further. I think that you should check out the show notes and I will have that in there. You know, I want to just point out how generous it feels to begin this type of a relationship in giving time for them to express what's important for them. And it feels so much better from us on the selling perspective who we're the ones who have something to lose. Right. right. Like when, when you're sitting across the table from a seller or, you know, from the loan perspective, if you're across the table from a borrower, a borrower, you have everything to lose in that situation in terms of your ability to <laughs> generate revenue, clients for life, all of that. And, and I think that the tendency, especially for maybe an experienced agents or agents who are fearful of a market correction or whatever else is going on, the tendency is to white knuckle. And you almost feel like, you're so needing control of the conversation and the situation because you know you need the sale. And nobody likes feeling that way because that's a scarcity mindset and it's not our natural state of being. Nobody wants to live in that state. And so being able to flip that script and rely on generosity, which is, in my opinion, a natural state of being, really allows you to get curious and to create unique solutions. And I think that what that ultimately does beyond creating clients for life is it creates a selling approach that is going to help your business weather any market correction or any market stance. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. And I think it's interesting because mindset is so important. And you know, you can look at any changing market. I got a news feed yesterday that said, um, uh, listing activity leading to contracts in February was down 4.3% compared to January. And it was the fourth decline in four months. In the county in which I live, listings in March, month to date, are 70% off of where they were one year ago. And so you're going to watch the market go from a seller's market to a buyer's market. You got buyers being inched out as rates go up. And, you know, the the same $2,000 a month last year doesn't buy the same home $2,000 a month this year, but will it next year? Who knows? You know, appreciation last year in the United States, all markets in was 17%. This year, it's forecasted to be only 4% still going to grow, but we're back more to normalcy, right? And I think that the the one thing I heard from my mentor um, when when I got into the business, and just to, to put a little asterisk on this, um, I could not have gotten into the lending business in a worse time. Um, we were in a full-blown recession. Uh, Prime was 20%. FHA and VA financing was 17%, four or five points. Um, you can put a first and a second together. And the weighted average on that was 18.9%. Unemployment was 13. Consumer confidence was in the tank. Um, And everybody had like the sky is falling attitude. I had nothing to lose because I was brand new. 
And so I, 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 I went back to a conversation that my grandmother had with me about attitude. And I never forgot it. She said, there's very little difference between people who succeed and fail. But the little difference is the big difference. The little difference is attitude. And the big difference is whether it's positive or not. So thinking about the recession, thinking about I had nothing to lose and looking at today, 40 years later from doing my first loan, um, we are being compared to that market right now. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have my mom and dad's friend who owned a print shop make me a button. And <clears throat> the button said it was bright green. Um, I'm a green freak, so I love green. And it's bright green. And it said, rumor has it we're in a recession. I'm not participating. <laughs> and I literally wore this button on my suit as I was making calls on realtors. And everybody goes, why are you so positive? And I said, I've got nothing to lose in positivity is going to win the day. You can think nobody's buying homes and you're not going to go take the action. You can think nobody's selling homes and you're not going to go take the action. And by the way, um, that market cleansed a lot of realtors out and a lot of lenders out that had the the wrong mindset. And we're watching a cleansing right now. We're watching Mm -hmm. real estate agents and we're watching lenders, particularly lenders. I mean, the, the, the Q1 losses for lenders is astronomic and the layoffs have started to happen, but it's like, you don't get laid off if you're the best. You, you don't yeah. get let go if you're really optimizing, you know, so it's a really positive thing for people that are good. And so in any market correction, we tell people it's not the market, it's how you're in the market. And right now you need, you need to, to have better perspective, you know, as, as rates start to, to go up, which they already did. They went up a full point in the last five weeks. Mm-hmm. Rates go up. Uh, cost of borrowing goes up. Um, Fed hikes rates five more times. Um, we're on the edge of a recession. Um, sellers, unbelievable listing thought processes are going to start to get real. We're going to see a price softening on listings. We already see the number of listings going down. And, you know, we're going to have less buyers and we're still going to have that buyer activity because buyers are getting qualified out of the market right now. And so you've got this confliction of all these things happening. But at the end of the day, there's good news in any market. You just got to be able to find it and you got to be able to to be... um, a lighthouse to others. I mean, the metaphor, you know, help people not crash into the shoreline, help them stay the course. And so that's why high trust is so important right now, because if I can sit down and, and have a, a conversation with you, have a, a, a you know, a, a business review session with you, or I can sit down and have a, a catch up, a quarterly catch up. If I were doing loans today, I would have already met with every real estate agent that I was relying on and that I wanted to add value to. And we would have a plan of attack for the market we're in right now. And um, we just got to get back to that. It's like, we already know that apathy, apathy is, is very easy for people. We all also know that fear is very easy for people to start to see. Mm-hmm. So if we can be a positive light backed by knowledge and, you know, again, here's that word, authority, and help people navigate tough times, we win. They win. Everybody wins. It's huge. 
Yeah. And, and it requires trust in the process, but it also requires trust in ourselves and trust that we can be resourceful enough to weather whatever storms come our way. And, and it's foolish to think that, you know, we could have a longstanding business that doesn't weather storms. That's just part of it. We're in a cyclical market, um, you know, a cyclical industry. And I think I saw numbers that are projecting 20% of agents leaving the industry in the next two to five years. Yeah. I've heard the same. I've heard another number, 31%. I think that's probably more along the lines because I am seeing behavior right now in in my market. I'm in the Metro Phoenix market, huge market. I've got 80,000 licensees in my state, right? And I'm seeing behaviors that are appalling to me. And I've only been in the business for about not not even a decade, right? I'm not the most experienced agent around, but I was around when it took three to four months to sell a listing. (laughs) <laughs> like I remember what it was like when it wasn't just a put a sign to the ground situation. Right. And I don't see a lot of the agents that struggled back then. And I'm not going to see a lot of the agents who are having a lot of fun right now, flying high, you know, just kind of taking advantage of the market conditions because you cannot build a business on that. As you say, you have to build a business on trust and clients for life. And I love that you kind of mentioned the way that you approach business relationships with agents is to be, you know, quarterly or at least a couple of times a year, getting together, doing a quick, a quick forecast and determining what threats and opportunities are on, you know, the next quarter and how we can prepare ourselves. And And in the Market Authority Academy, we take a similar approach to the way we treat our clients because so often I have agents come to me saying like, I need leads. I need leads. How do I get listings? And they're just focused on that quick opportunity. And I say, what, how are you, how are you supporting the homeowners in your life right now? You are on the precipice of a giant market shift. You should be setting appointments. Like every year I meet with my CPA before the end of the year, because we look at our budget, we look at our spend. If there's any last minute expenses we need to make, we have that conversation. And my CPA guides me to financial readiness and to the tax season. We should be having the exact same approach with our, with our clients you know, whether or not they're ready to make a move right now, we need to take that consultative approach at every step of the way. And I don't understand why there seems to be such a disconnect, but the agents who get it, get it. And those are the ones who have prospering businesses for decades. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's also the, the strategy that recession proofs any business. And, and I really believe that I believe you can have your best years. Like people, people stop working in December. And, you know, I decided that as a mortgage professional, I would work twice as hard in December. It was a great month to celebrate. Holidays are coming. But if everybody's taking their foot off the pedal, I'm going to be in it when everybody else is out of it. And I started realizing that that to not have competition, you, you literally have to do what they don't mm-hmm. and you have to go where they aren't and you have to create value that they don't create. And because most lenders and agents are looking for a deal and a commission, they don't understand this at scale. And at scale, I mean, if you emotionally connect with a seller or a buyer, you have between 26 and 31% margin increase on your gross close commissions. Emotional connection can create that kind of financial lift. And it also creates 85% sales growth if you know how to activate a referral kind of system. And so I created something as a lender and I'll just share it, share it with everybody real quick. You can do this right now with your lender and your lender can do it with you Yeah. And, or you don't have to do it with the lender. You just have to understand the concept. So um, I invented something. I didn't call it what I call it now, but I invented something when I was a loan officer and it was called referral by design. And for me, what that meant was I'm going to make sure that every borrower I sit down with 
particularly those referred by an agent, that I do what we now call the high trust interview because the only thing that matters is that borrower trusts me, whether they're going to buy tomorrow, this weekend, or in a month or two. So I got all my agents to understand the best time to refer buyers to me is not before the weekend you're going to go show property. The best time to refer buyers to me is weeks, if not months ahead of time. And then I'm going to fill the funnel with borrowers that already trust you and me. We're not going to have cold leads going into the funnel. We're going to do that. And then I'm going to stay in touch with them every single week to make sure when they're ready to pull the trigger on listing and ready to pull the trigger on making an offer that I send you a reminder and tell you that the Jones are ready to go. And it was my affinity marketing program that allowed that to happen where I was literally taking a borrower. I'll give you one story that, that, that shows this. I was taking a borrower. The only thing my team and I wanted to do was to blow that borrower's mind with regard to their customer experience because we knew that that buyer would be a salesperson for our brand if we did it right. And so we would do an amazing experience, uh, you know, in the office, we had, you know, a menu for appetizers and drinks. We had a conference room with, you know, videos to show you how to get prepared for, you know, listing and selling your home. If you're referred by an agent, we had a cross sell video congratulating the buyer for meeting with us at the actual appointment and making the realtor look good and making the borrower feel, wow, this is really fine tuned. And we would just blow their mind. You know, we advisors, authoritative, we had knowledge, you know, we had trust, we had all that going for us. What we did before they left was a game changer. So I would say to the Johnsons, how'd everything go today? Hopefully they say, great. Mm -hmm. Have I alleviated all of your fears? Hopefully they'd say, yes. Is there any other question you have today that we need to answer? And hopefully they would say no. To which I would then say, you're going to get a 24-hour update from us tomorrow. We want to make sure we get you started off on the right track. And before you leave this afternoon, we'd love to ask one question. And the question was, who is in your circle of cash flow, your circle of influence, your circle of friends, your circle of colleagues that you know are going to be either listing, buying, or both that we could give the same level of service to we've given to you today? Any names come to mind? And then sometimes they would have the names. Most of the time they would say, no, not yet. And so we'd say, good. During the process, we'd like to earn your referrals. So every time we call, every time we give you an update, every time you think about how easy this is, if anybody comes to mind, just know that we want to treat them the same way we've treated you. And that's it, right? And so we let it go. So I do a loan for a guy who's a business owner. He's got 800 employees and my realtor, Debbie, refers the guy to me. So I'm going to blow his mind because in my mind, what do I see? I see that he could influence 800 employees. Mm -hmm. And then we go through the whole process, gives us the equivalent of a five-star review. It wasn't called that back then, but we got a perfect 10 on the process and, um, and so I called him to, to thank him after the loan closed and he got the keys and they'd moved in. And I said, anytime any of your friends need what we just did for you, feel free to give me a call. So two weeks later, he calls me and he says, you know what? I was playing golf this weekend with my friend that owns El Dorado Bank. And he and I were talking about you. And he told me, have Todd call me because we don't do real estate loans at the bank. 
we're just check, checking savings, auto loans, credit cards, you know, deposits, things like that. And he calls me and we have this conversation and I get fast-tracked to sit down with the president of a bank that's got 3,500 depositors. So in one fell swoop, Debbie, my agent, has access now to 800 employees mm-hmm. and 3,500 depositors. That's 4,200 buyers and sellers. She doesn't have to buy leads. She doesn't have to pay for advertising. She doesn't have to do anything. And that's now called the circle of cash flow. And it's a patented business strategy. And it's just like, it's the biggest no-brainer, Stephanie, in the history of mankind. And realtors suck at following up. And so do lenders. And you know, one of the laws in here is the law of incubation. And what the law of incubation says is the most profitable relationships mature over time. We're one and done. We do a deal and we're off to the next deal and we forget to nurture our network, which is the most explosive economic engine we can have in our business. And I mean, just that strategy alone. So Debbie, listen to this. So in 12 years of doing loans, Debbie sold 432 properties out of one relationship. Wow. So I would just tell everybody to do that. I mean, you live in a city that's got enough people for you to have a relationship with to make a fortune and you don't have to do it the hard way. You know, you can you can actually rely on people who love you and trust you to refer you to people that because they know you and love you, the people they refer you to are going to trust you faster, shop you less, negotiate less. Mm-hmm. It's like the there's no there's no pitch, there's no call reluctance. It's like somebody so and so told me to call you. You're the authority. You're the best. When can we meet? Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> well, it's it's hilarious. And and for me, for me, I like to think of that. And we've built our business in the same way, not wow. at the beginning, but over time when we found that our model was not sustainable, we made those pivots into what we like to think of as an attraction-based lead lead oh, model, yeah. right? That, yeah. And and I, I try to teach this to agents. I don't try to teach this, I do teach this to agents. And at the beginning, a lot of the time, the pushback that I get is I'm just not getting referrals. Like my referrals aren't coming through for me. And the first thing that I always think of is like, well, have you taught them how to refer you? (laughs) Have you asked for referrals? Right. And real estate agents are so afraid, particularly agents, just from my experience, are very afraid to put themselves out there and make the ask because they are terrified of sounding salesy spammy. But again, back to the way that you've approached this and back to the way that you've crafted this, you are doing nothing but making deposits. You are creating a beautiful process that serves the borrower, that serves the homeowner at every step of the way. And truly that should be our number one main priority. You know, I talk about this a lot. Realtors, our our number one job is to protect the public. We're not here to like ride high on the markets. We're not here to be tapping into everybody's equity. We are here to protect the public. And the moment we lose sight of that, the moment everybody wins, right? And and I just find that I, I love your approach, Todd. I think that the way that you have this nailed down is so articulate and so well laid out. And I just think that it's the way that everybody should be doing business. And I think what's beautiful about it too, and maybe you've seen this, I mean, you you are a product of this, it gives you the ability to pivot. Because who of us can say that we want to continue doing the exact same thing for the next 50 years. Right. No, we want to be able to explore new opportunities and grow and take our business elsewhere. And when you have this relationship based brand, you have the ability to pivot and seek new beginnings, which is so cool. 
Well, and and you're 100% right. And, and even deeper than that, when you have this community, you know, so we had close to 8,000 people in our database that we were adding value to. We were doing mortgage reviews every single day. When you were a year out from closing on your, your home, you know, you got an anniversary gift and you had a mortgage review. And one of the questions in the mortgage review was, even though you've been in the home for a year, what do you think your real estate goals and dreams are for the next three to 10 years? Mm-hmm. And they would tell us stuff that the listing agent or the selling agent would not have ever even asked them, which then like if they say, you know, we're going to start building a family and hopefully we'll get pregnant fast and we're going to need to move from a two bedroom to a, at least a three, maybe a four in a couple of years, bing, 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 right? And so if you're doing reviews every day, and you build the practice around consultation, you're not making cold calls, you're, you're not dialing expired, you're not doing any of that stuff. You're working this database and this database, if you work it, it works for you. And, you know, I'm going to call Debbie and say, hey, you know, Brad and Stephanie, they're going to get pregnant in the next couple of months. Um, he's telling me that they're going to need a bigger home in the next two to three years. Let's make sure we stay on top of that. And we would do that every single day. I've got a client right now that his team makes 150 mortgage review calls a day. Wow. And when you think about that and you think about the agent benefiting from that, that's the engine, right? If you're not in touch, you're out of touch. And if you want your clients for life, you got to talk to them during their life. And at some point you have to be able to step away and go, you know what? That business model right there is going to create a million to $2 million a year in cash yep. flow automatically. Easy. I don't even have to, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything except love on them. Right. Yep. And if I love on them, They'll love on me and there is nothing better from my perspective as a lender to put commissions in the hands of my real estate agents. Nothing was more enjoyable than watching them benefit. I think the last year, and this would have been in 93, the last year, my agents made an average of $372,000 in commissions from my database, but it involved a family tree from them. Yep. And, you know, and I think right now with Consumer Direct, I think also with a lot of the iBuyers and things like that, um, if you don't want to get taken out by a technology play, you got to have relationships. You got to Oh my gosh. The grumbling, the grumbling that I hear from this industry. We have created the in for them to come in and disrupt. Disruption happens when there is opportunity and real estate agents have created the opportunity by being transaction-based and not relationship-based. And and your your book is like exactly illustrating exactly what's happened, which is hilarious. I just, I mean, maybe not hilarious for some who are going to be on the wrong side of it, but. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing I'd say to any agent, you know, going, listening or, or viewing this podcast is, man, make sure your local lender knows what they're doing because buyers are talking to lenders before they're talking to agents today. And so make sure you have a plan so that you can make everything happen through that other referral conduit. Because if you're one of my key agents and buyers are shopping lending solutions online and I get buyers during refinances, you know, I would always ask every buyer, do you have a relationship with a professional realtor? And when they said no, I would mark it as a referral because when they were going to be ready to buy, they needed a relationship with a real a realtor. If I'm having a, you know, any conversation today with anybody on on um, being able to qualify and buy a home, 
Um, I'm going to ask him, have you selected a professional real estate agent? And they're going to say no part of the time. And they're going to say, I've got one part of the time. And then the ones that don't have one, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to be the bridge. And I'm going to go, I've got, you know, I've got an agent that is the best in the business. I've done business with her for seven years. Now that we know what home you want, let's see if we can get somebody involved to help you make the right decisions with contracts and offer, you know, offer parameters and things like that. So it's win-win all the way around, but this database is monstrous. And the, the bigger and more engaged the database, the less you really have to worry about leads. Mm-hmm. Generating a lead is easy. You can, yeah. you can stand outside of a grocery store and find somebody who might have intent to buy or sell, right? <laughs> it's, it's creating the clients for life that's going to distribute high quality leads into your pipeline for years to come that allows you to take the vacation or get sick and need to take time off or, you know, have a maternity leave or whatever, and then come back to a still thriving business. I, I just think that it's timeless and, and I, I love it. Um, Todd, I could just take up the rest of your day talking to you about this, but I want to be a good steward of your time. I am so grateful that you've shared your knowledge with us, shared your perspective, shared your stories. You have a lot of experience to share with the industry. And I'm really appreciative that you chose to do that here. For, for those who might want to learn more about you or see what other content you have to offer, I know you've got a lot of social profiles. There's a lot of ways to find you. Where would you point people? Well, obviously, I'd take everybody to toddduncan.com. And um, the next best place to find me is on Google. My social handle is Todd Duncan Official on everything but Twitter. Twitter's Todd's Tweets. And um, that's how to stay engaged and and hang out with us. I mean, we're into tribe building. That's all we want to do is help people win and fall in love with their life and do business well so that they can enjoy, you know, both life and and the the impact that business has. And far too many people uh, haven't tamed the business. And, you know, we're going into a new, we're going into a new market. There's a lot of stuff on the horizon that we can't control, Mm -hmm. but what we can control is how much value we bring to the market we're in. And so if we can help you out, just let's do it. This book's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and it's still being produced and printed, which I'm grateful for. And uh, the beauty about the laws is that they're not going to change. I wrote them with the idea that these will last for a hundred years, if not more. And it feels good to 20 years later, look at all these laws and every one of them still works today at scale. It's beautiful. So thank you for having me and thank you for trusting me uh, to be on your show and um, always happy to help. Always happy to help. Thanks, Todd. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.